Welcome to Passion Life Church. Well, welcome to part three. Uh, Actually, this is part four of a series that we've just called, If God Can Use Anyone... He can use me. You know, when we first uh, started this series in part one, I had a woman walk up to me and she said, Pastor Phil, you know, it's funny that you're in this series because I was asking God if God could really use me. And most people think that. Most people don't understand that God not uh, only wants to use them, but he wants to empower them to be used. And so our theme scripture for this series has been 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. And if you look at the screen, it says, God who saved us and called us. So not only are we saved, but we're called. And look at this, it's a holy calling, and it's not because of our own works. It's because of his own purpose and grace. Everybody say grace. That he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So in this calling, he calls me to be separate. I cannot be holy on my own. So what happens is when I receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior, God imparts his righteousness and his holiness to me. How does he do that? By his grace. Anybody thankful for his grace? And so there's not only a saving grace, but there's actually a grace for you to walk in your purpose. It's the reason why you're alive is because God has a purpose. But many people know that God wants to save them. But unfortunately, not a lot of people know that they're saved and they're called. Say this with me. Say, I am called by God. And so what we've been doing in this series is we've been looking at some of the heroes of the faith. Maybe some of the heroes that you grew up uh, listening to in children's church if you went there. And we're looking at some of the heroes of the faith because actually they probably wouldn't have described themselves as a hero. They would probably more identify with an underdog mentality. They felt like they were an underdog. And I think what's interesting is when we look at some of these people that we've been looking at in this series... I don't think you would have picked them either. If we were putting together an elite team to change the world, I don't know if I would have picked Paul. And that's who we talked about in part one. Paul was a murderer. Paul murdered Christians. I don't think I would have invited him on my team. But you know what? Paul had such a past, but God wanted to use Paul's past as a platform for his glory. Can I hear a good amen? What about David? David, we know him as the giant slayer. He killed Goliath. But you know what? David had some struggles. His own dad rejected him. His brother rejected him. If we were going to put him on the team, we would probably say, "Uh, this guy's got rejection issues. He's got daddy issues. But the truth is that God chose him. And David, he was able to overcome rejection because his attitude was, you know what? The rewards were greater than the pain of rejection. What about last week? My goodness, if you have not heard last week's, what about the woman who had not one husband, not three husbands, not five husbands, but six men in her life? Some people, after one divorce, they throw in the towel and they feel like God could never use them. We wouldn't sign them up for our team. But you know what? God chose a woman who had six husbands to change a whole city. Aren't you thankful for his grace? Aren't you thankful that he doesn't see things as we see them? So what's your excuse, right? When you start to look at some of these things. But here's what I've found. I have found that God loves choosing the underdogs because the underdogs will actually rely on God. 
They will actually rely on God and not their own strength. And so what God will do is God will bring glory to himself through someone who identified as an underdog. And I don't know if you've ever felt like an underdog. I don't know if you've ever felt like the odds are against you. But here's the good news, Passion Life Church. When the odds are against us, God is for us. Can I hear a good amen today? And so I'm hoping that this series will inspire you. It'll inspire you to be used greatly by God. And right where you're at, in the sphere of influence that you're at, whether you're driving for Uber, come on somebody, whether you're, you know, door dashing it, whether you're a mom at home right now, you know, with your littles, whether you're on the construction site or in the boardroom, you have a sphere of influence and we have to understand we have to have a revelation. God wants to use us. My church family, listen, don't underestimate what God can do through you. And so today, we're going to look at an under, another underdog. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Judges chapter 6, verse 11. And I've entitled today, Awaken the Warrior Within. Now, sometimes when we come to church, we come to church to be comforted. How many of you know that's good? It's good to be comforted. But there's other times when we come to church, we need to be challenged. So you may have come today and thought, oh, man, I am coming to be, uh, to be comforted. That's great. But today's not that day. Today's the day is it is the challenging day. Today is the day where we're talking to warriors and warriorettes. Do I have any in the house today? So you didn't know this, but you came to boot camp today. Come on, somebody. And you came. And so today I'm not Pastor Phil. I'm Drill Sergeant Phil. Come on, somebody. AKA warrior number four, right? Because God the Father, warrior one, Jesus, warrior number two, Holy Spirit, warrior number three, and then there's Pastor Phil, warrior number four, AKA spirit fingers. Come on, somebody. For all my cheerleaders, where, where are you at? Spirit fingers, right? We lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So today, my cadets, I'm going to awaken something within you, and I'm praying that you will actually awaken to who God really says that we are. You know, I think when we look at this young man that we're about to look at, there's a lot of underdogs in the Bible. This guy needs a lot of convincing. He needs a lot of convincing. Let me set the stage for you before we dive in. In Judges chapter 6, the, um, the Israelites have turned their back on God, and they've done this a lot. And so what happens, what are the consequences? What are the consequences when the children of Israel turn their back on God? Well, guess what happens? The Midianites, who were their enemies, dominated them. And you can see this throughout Scripture. When God's children turned their back on God, the enemies started to win. When the children of Israel turned their heart towards God, God won the battles for them. But they turned their heart towards God to the point that the Midianites would come in and anything that the Israelites would plant, uh, the produce would come up. The Midianites, the Bible says, would come in like locusts and take all of their produce, all of their, their organic um, vegetables, all of their, man, they were gone. But then the Bible also said that the Amalekites were there. The Amalekites would come in and kill all their calves. They would kill all the sheep. You want to talk about a real recession and a food shortage? Uh, there we go. 
And so now, where are God's people? Where are God's amazing people? They're hiding out in caves, literally hiding out in caves. I think this is kind of funny. My father, who is now in heaven, he had a doctorate in theology. And so people would come and ask him, hey, what do you think about the cavemen? Are there any cavemen? And my dad would always chuckle, and he would tell me, Phil, it says right here that the Israelites would hide out in caves. There's your cavemen. Right? It's kind of funny. But here are the people of God. They're hiding out in caves. Now, what's interesting is this happened for seven years. Seven years. And so the Bible says this, Judges chapter 6, verse 6. So, uh, so Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, watch this, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So when did it begin to change for the children of Israel? when they cried out to the Lord, when they cried out to the Lord. And here's what I have found. Whenever people are in trouble, God's answer is often to find a leader to step in and change their predicament. Do you remember when the children of Israel were in Egypt? They were in Egypt for a long time. The Bible says that they got so fed up, again, they cried out to the Lord. Moses is on the back end of the wilderness minding his own business, and all of a sudden, a bush lights up, and God says to Moses, he says, hey, I've seen the pain of my people. He says, I've seen how they are hurting. And he says, Moses, I'm calling you to be the deliverer. He says, Moses, you are the answer to somebody's prayer. You are the answer to somebody's prayer. But what's interesting to me is what I ask myself is why did it take the Israelites seven years to cry out to God? Why seven years? And what you're going to find in this message today, and I believe what the Lord has showed me, is that this message today is so relevant for our times. Why did it take them seven years to cry out to the Lord? Can I tell you why I believe that? I believe because they wanted to see how long they could live on their own with still being able to avoid the consequences of their actions. They wanted to be able to see how far they could live from God and still not have the consequences. But here's what they didn't plan for. They didn't plan for what the enemy was going to do in the gap between their disobedience and their obedience. And so what they did was they turned their back from God, and the enemy came in. And the Midianites began to destroy everything. And the Bible says, when they were impoverished, then they cried out to the Lord. And I asked myself, why seven years? Why not cry out to the Lord in seven months? Not even seven months. Why not cry out to the Lord in seven minutes? But notice, God was waiting for when they prayed. So prayer was their last resort instead of their first priority. God will let you live at the level you're at. Prayer doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't? Well, all of this changed when somebody cried out, and when they were tired of being sick and tired, they actually went back to the source. They were so tired of their enemies winning. And my church family, can I just tell you, if there's something that's happening in your life and it seems like the enemy has been winning, you need to look at your life and say, am I where I need to be with the Lord? Because this is what was happening. They wanted to see how long they could live apart from God. But what happened was the enemy came in and totally destroyed their land. But here's the good news. God was so good. He was waiting there all the time. He was waiting there all the time to deliver his people. But my question is, why put yourself through seven years? 
For some people, it takes a little bit long. Why do you have to hit rock bottom before you come back and say, man, I need God. God, I need you. And so in all this, here's where we end up. In Judges chapter 6, verse 11, God's about to summon a hero. Why is he about to summon a hero? Why is he about to summon a warrior? Because somebody prayed. Because somebody prayed. Judges chapter 6, verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the timid tree, which was in Oprah. Man, Oprah's been around for a long time, huh? No, that's not Oprah. Which belonged to Joash the Abrazite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in a wine press. Somebody say wine press. In order to hide it from the Midianites, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord was with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where's all the miracles which our fathers told us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Verse 14. Then the Lord turned and said to Gideon, go in this your might and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Listen to this. Have I not sent you. You know, I think Gideon's one of the, the underdogs in the Bible that needs the most convincing because it's interesting to me, where is Gideon? He's actually the hero of the story. Where do we find the hero of the story? We find him hiding, right? He's threshing wheat in a wheat press. What that means is if they use wheat for bread, but they take off that little seedy part, that's what they do is threshing wheat is they take off that little seedy part because you don't eat that. And while he's doing that and while he's hiding out, the angel shows up and says to him, the Lord is with you. I don't know for me if there's a better promise than that promise right there that God is with me. I love it because if he's with me, then nobody can be against me. And when he's with me, there's provision. When he's with me, there's healing. Can I hear a good amen today? Then he says this, you mighty man of valor. It's interesting that he's saying this to a guy who's actually hiding out. He's saying, you mighty men of valor. Now look at Gideon's response. Gideon is actually angry. I think this response is so interesting because an angel just showed up. And it's like he's just unfazed. It's like he's just numb. And he begins to almost like argue with the angel. And he's frustrated. And I understand his frustration. He's hiding out. His business has been affected. His life has been affected. His family has been affected. So his attitude is this. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, you're with us? Now, he's talking to an angel that's right there. He's like, oh, yeah. Well, he's right there, Gideon. He's right there. Oh, you're with us? Well, then why has all of these things happened to us? And Gideon has a mentality that a lot of people have today. Well, you know, if there was a God, all of these things wouldn't be happening today. Actually, there is a God. And God has given mankind a gift that he will not retract. It's called the gift of free will. That you have the gift to be able, listen, to make your own choices, and then your choices make you. Can I hear a good amen today? God will not override your choices. 
And so what he's saying is that he's blaming God for people's actions. He's blaming God for what the children of Israel did. God never wanted, God never wanted his children to be away from him. You know, I, I wonder, and maybe sometime in heaven we'll get to know really how God, how it breaks his heart when he's standing there watching his children hiding. When he's standing there and he's watching the Midianites come in and take all their food and he can't do anything because of a choice that they made. My church family, it takes a lot to take responsibility for our choices. You can place blame or you can take responsibility, but you can't do both. And so he's mad at God. He's mad at God. And so here's what happens, and we can do this today, is we'll, we don't ask God for his wisdom, but then we blame things on God when it didn't work. I love to talk to an atheist who's blaming God who they don't believe in. My church family, God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that's what he also reap. But watch this, and I think this is so relevant for today. Gideon is so busy complaining, he doesn't realize God is actually calling him. He's so busy complaining about the state of the world, he doesn't even realize that the angel showed up and is calling him. And now he's in this wine press. But let me just tell you about the wine press. The wine press is a place of transformation. Everybody say transformation. And I believe that this is what we need. We need our minds to be renewed and to be transformed. He's in a place of transformation. Listen, and so he's separating the wheat from the chaff. Do you know that it's in the wine press that the grapes become wine? It's it's in the wine press that grapes can become more than what they actually are. And today I'm hoping for this transformation because what God is trying to do with Gideon, and I believe he's trying to do this with us today in his church. My church family, it starts in the church, not in the world. Can I hear a good amen today? What he is trying to get Gideon to see is he's trying to get uh, Gideon to discover who he is. God is trying to activate the warrior within Gideon because here's the problem. Gideon sees himself as a farmer. God sees him as a warrior. And so Gideon's like, wait, I'm a gardener over here and you're calling me a warrior? And listen, after the angel speaks, right? The angel is speaking life to Gideon. The angel is speaking strength to Gideon. And here's Gideon's response. His response is all the excuses. We've talked about in this series how every single one of the people that we've gone through could have had an excuse. The woman at the well, well, I'm all used up. Paul, you know what? My past is, is too, too great. This, you know, this woman at the well, I, I, I've been all used up. David, you know, I've been rejected. Every single one of them can have an excuse. But can I just encourage you today? God knows every single one of your excuses, and he still calls you. He knows all of your weaknesses, and he still calls you. You know why? Because it's his grace. And so Gideon starts to get out his list of why he's not a warrior, why he can't be used. He's, he's telling God. So here's what he's doing. He's telling the angel, telling God what he thinks of himself through his word. How many of you know that out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak? That's what the Bible says. He starts to say this. He says, you don't understand. I'm poor. I'm poor. Not only am I poor, I'm the youngest in my family. You know what? Not only am I the youngest, listen to this, we are weak. We are weak people. And you know what's interesting about this? God never addresses his inadequacy. 
God just continues to speak to the warrior that's inside of him. God's not phased by your excuses. He already took all of them into consideration. He knows every single one of our excuses and he still calls us. And what, you know what's interesting is that God, and he will continue to do this, this is how he functions. You will make your excuses, he will speak the truth over your life. He will speak who you really are because this is what God was doing. God was speaking to the real Gideon. God was speaking to the warrior, the person that he created. But you know what? Gideon has allowed himself to be defined by his economy, by his age, and by his weakness. Gideon actually defines himself, listen, by how he feels about himself instead of who God says he is. But my church family, can I just tell you, whoever God calls, God will equip. And I wonder today, come on, let's get real today. I wonder, have you allowed our economy to define you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let, 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 let's go there. Have you allowed society now to give you your identity? I don't know if I should say some things today, but I, I think I might, because I might get in trouble, but I think I'm already in trouble. Have we allowed society to define us Christians as haters? Because you know what? If we say something that maybe we disagree with, they say, hey, listen, you're a hater, so you better shut up. So we're like, yes, sir, I will shut up. Hey, listen, I'm not a hater. I'm actually a lover. And you know what? Lovers, the Bible says we are to speak the truth in love. Can I hear a good amen today? And so what we can do is in a society that's going crazy. Listen, let's just be honest. In a society that doesn't even know their own identity. In a society like that, they want me to think that I'm just as confused as they are. But I'm not confused. Can I hear a good amen today? And this is, yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. Because we're in basic training this morning. Come on, somebody. And just because you're confused about your life doesn't mean that I am. I know my identity. I know who my father is. Can I hear a good amen today? I know who my father is. But listen, it's not only that. I wonder if you've defined yourself after your own weakness. This is what Gideon's doing. In the sign of the times, when the enemy's going crazy, he doesn't see who God made him to be. And my church family, he's the hero in the story. He's the hero in the story. But this is what happens when God calls you. Oftentimes, your assignment will trigger an inadequacy. I just, Moses the same way. You want me to be your mouthpiece? I, I, I stutter, God. You, how many of you know God knew that Moses stuttered, and he still asked him to be his mouthpiece? Because whoever God calls, he will equip you. And it triggers an inadequacy. It triggers, hey, listen, I can't do that. But I'm going to tell you, far more people, and especially with Christians, far more people are living with this idea, I'm just so inadequate. Now, I'm going to tell you, part of that is true. Part of that, we can't do it on our own. Gideon wasn't going to do this on our own. You're going to see something supernatural is going to happen for Gideon, just like it can happen for you. The truth is, that's why God calls us, because he wants us to rely on who he is. But my church family, you do have to accept who God says you are. You know, um, 
I don't spend a lot of time on YouTube because now everybody has a podcast. Come on, somebody. Your grandmother has a podcast, right? Everybody has a podcast. Everybody's got information. Everybody. And, but just this one podcast, this one YouTube video came up in my feed. And, and, and the whole idea was, is this song glorify God? And so what this person did was they were taking it upon themselves to criticize a popular worship song, right? Uh, everybody say modern day Pharisees. They're here. So I'm like, all right, let's see what this guy has to say because I like this song. So he starts to go through all the words, and it was basically a song about how God provides for us. How many of you believe God provides for us? Thank God that he does that for us. But he was making the point that this song was all about what God does for us. Yes, there are songs that do that. Praise God. But here's, here's the thing that got me. He began to say, and he began to point out all the lyrics, and here's what he said. Notice that none of these songs and none of these lyrics say how wretched we are. Okay. I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not a wretch. I was, but the cross is so powerful that it changed me, forgave me of all of my sin and shame and condemnation. I am no longer a wretch. That's why I'm not going to sit here and put words up on the screen. I'm so wretched. And he made it three times. I can't believe that they're not talking about how wretched we are. And I just, I want to, listen, you, were, you would be so proud of me because I didn't comment. I'm not into Facebook fights, but I'm like, at what point do we go from being a wretch to being a child of God? and be the righteousness of Christ Jesus, at what point do we become holy because of what Jesus did? I know you're trying to sound real spiritual, but what you are doing is you are actually demeaning the cross of Jesus Christ. And this is the problem in the body of Christ. Nobody can be used by God because everybody thinks that they're inadequate. Everybody's walking around like I'm a wretch. Well, listen, what the cross did is greater than what you did. Can I hear a good amen today? And I refuse... To walk around and go, I'm just a wretched man that I am. And the devil loves it. The devil loves it. But here's what I found on the other end. If the devil can't make you feel inadequate, then he's going to make you feel arrogant. It's not arrogance to say, I am who God says I am. And let me just tell you, his word outdoes my word. His authority of his word I will accept even above the way that I feel. Because there's days that I do not feel saved. But I don't live by how I feel. I live by faith in the Son of God. Can I hear a good amen today? And I want to tell you, if Jesus Christ is your Lord, you are now worthy, not because you, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. And so there has been a lot of bad teaching that people come to church and it's always like beating over the head and you're never good enough. That's true without Jesus. But you know what? I think some of us are past that because Jesus has already died. Jesus has already forgiven us. Jesus has made us accepted into the brethren. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through him. And so we can stand before the Father boldly because of what Jesus does. And I have faith in that. Can we give him a good round of applause today? So when people tell me, well, you know, that's arrogant when you're standing up there saying, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. No, it's just that you don't know the word of God. And you're confused about your identity because you don't read the word. And the Bible says that we, my people, 
perish for a lack of knowledge. So any area that there is a lack of knowledge, you will suffer in. And that's not God's fault. We're in boot camp today because I'm trying to get the warrior inside of you awakened to who you really are. You are a child and daughter of the most high God. I don't care what the devil says about you. And so this is what the angel is doing. He's speaking truth. And Gideon is speaking weakness. My church family, I'm just telling you, people are far more focused on their weakness than they are their strengths. And what happens is when we start focusing on our weaknesses, it'll undermine God's purpose and grace in our life. And so the emphasis on our weakness, it'll actually and often outweigh what the word of God has said about our lives. And here's the truth. Do you know it's possible to worship your weakness? I'm just, I just can't. I don't, I know, but the Bible says all things are possible to him that believes. Are you a believer? Then all things are possible to you. You know, Gideon's challenge is the picture that he had of himself was different than the picture that God had. And if I were to ask you today, my church family, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? Well, Pastor Philly, you don't understand. I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm, I'm, I'm shy. Okay. So we allow our personality to be the prime focus instead of God's empowerment in our lives. The first thing that we say is, I'm an introvert. No, the first thing that you should say is, you are a child of God. And the Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. I need some bold introverts. Come on, somebody. So what are you? Are you a child of God? The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, introvert. So are you going to identify as an overcomer or are you going to identify as I'm shy? I'm shy. Listen, you don't have to be like me. You need to be who God made you to be and flow in your spirit fear of influence in the ministry that God gave you. Ministry, I don't have a ministry. Actually, my church family, not only have we been saved, but we've actually been called and you have a ministry. Look what Paul says, 2 Corinthians 5, 18. All this is from God who through Christ has reconciled us to himself and gave us what? The ministry of reconciliation. So God saves you, he calls you, and now he makes you a part of the resistance. See, before I came to Christ, I was a rebel. Now I'm a rebel against the devil. Come on, somebody. Can I hear a good amen? Because I'm a part of the resistance. I'm resisting the enemy. But the truth of the matter is, is that all of you have a ministry. Here's the ministry, if I can break it down. We are all called to lead people to Christ whether you're in the construction business, whether you're in the graphic world, whatever your world is, you have a ministry of reconciliation. My church family, God calls us his ambassadors. We are his ambassadors. Are you glad you came to church today? But the truth is, we all have this picture in our head. And here's the reality. All of us are following a vision or a picture that we have of ourselves, And whether we realize it or not, we're filtering everything through the vision we have of ourselves. We're filtering everything through that picture, who we are, what we can do, our circumstances, even the way that we've been treated. We're filtering through this picture we have of ourselves. And if the picture is not properly directed, it will limit God in your life. My church family, listen to this. How far you go, 
How far you grow is not just based on what you believe about God. It's also based on what you believe about you. Can I hear a better amen than that? And so here's what happens. Our life is exactly the way we imagined it to be. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Listen, if you see yourself as poor, it does not matter how many zeros are at the end of your paycheck. If you see yourself as a perpetual victim, it doesn't matter how many victories are happening in your life, you won't enjoy it because the picture in your mind needs to change. And my church family, if the warrior within us will, will never be activated if our prime focus is always our weakness, here's what happens. You have to allow the word of God to change that internal picture. Let me just say it for me. I was rejected by my own dad, never met him. My parents went through a divorce. There was a lot of rejection. I can see myself as rejected, but you know what? The word of God has come to me, and now the picture in my life has changed. Now I see myself as accepted by God, and you know what? If God accepts me, I don't care if you don't like me or not. I want you to, but you may be a little cray-cray because the source of my approval comes from God. The source of your approval comes from God. Listen, my church family, are you learning something today? So this is what the angel was trying to do. He was trying to speak to Gideon. You have to allow God's word to get inside you and change this self-picture. And here's where I'm going to end today. It's interesting. Many of you have read this story. I like to, if you come to our church, I like to look up names in the Hebrew and the Greek. And I've, I've read this story, I've preached this story, but I felt like today's story is so relevant to us. Do you know that when the angel comes to Gideon and he says, mighty man of valor, do you know what Gideon's name is in Hebrew? His name is destroyer. In these times, this is, you are identified by your name. So I've heard it preached that, you know, when, when the, the angel's calling Gideon, He's calling him up to another level, yeah. But to be honest with you, God's just calling him by the name that he was given, and that name was destroyer. Actually, in the Hebrew, it means to destroy anything. And so when the angel says, you mighty man of valor, in the Hebrew, this is what he says. Listen, you brave man. Listen, you powerful man. This is all in the Hebrew. Champion. Listen, you warrior, you man of valor. You know what valor means? To be able to bear anything. See, God doesn't always take away the enemy. What he does is he allows you to win, but you are equipped and empowered to be able to bear certain things. God just can't wipe everything off the earth. Can I hear a good amen today? But you have the power within you. There is a warrior that is within you that is able to withstand. You know, Pastor Phil, I understand everything you're saying, but man, I, you know, there's so much going on in the world. Aren't you, you know, aren't you upset? You know, and a lot of people... To be honest with you, they, they, don't, they don't really understand uh, all this. They don't understand what's going on in the world. They're, they're blaming the world. But let, let me just tell you this real quick. You know what the word Midianite means? So the Midianites are all around. I was like, let's just look up Midianites. Let's just see what the word Midianite in the Greek means. You know what, it, I mean, in the Hebrew, you know what it means? Strife. Everybody say strife. I thought, hmm, this is exactly where we are. 
the last two and a half years, what have we seen in America? Absolute chaos and strife. Racially, vaccinated people against unvaccinated people, strife, strife, chaos. My church family, the Midianites are here. And you know what happened when the Midianites were there? They were impoverished. Look at the state of our nation today. The economy, food, all of that. Guess what? The Midianites are here. But where are the warriors? Where are the warriors? You know where the warriors are at? A lot of them are hiding out, just like Gideon. Do you know that today, almost most churches are at 40% capacity of where they were before COVID? There's maybe some that are 100% capacity. Where are the warriors? Where are they? Where are the warriors? Some are hiding. Some are blaming God. And I just want to say this. Pastor Phil, well, aren't you mad that God, listen, listen to this verbiage. Aren't you mad that God allowed COVID to come into the earth? I hate COVID. But again, if you read your Bible, the Bible says, Jesus, these are the promises that we don't put on our refrigerator. This is the promise. In this world, you will have trouble. Put that on your refrigerator. But here's what he says. Be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Yes, there's going to be trouble, but the warrior within you is equipped to withstand and overcome any trouble in the world. He says this, in all things, not some things, all things, you are more than a conqueror. So come what may, because ladies and gentlemen, we live in a fallen, fallen world thanks to a decision that Adam and Eve made. But here's the reality. God sent the second Adam. His name was Jesus Christ. Can I hear a good amen? That heals us, forgives us, but empowers us by his Holy Spirit. And so you and I are a warrior that needs to be wakened within. And the Bible says, if I am for you, nobody can be against you. So we can sit here and cry about COVID, but the Bible says this, there's going to be pestilence in this earth because it's a fallen earth. But you know what? You have the power within you to withstand and overcome. Can we give God a great round of applause today? I want to say this and then we're going to close. I feel like the Midianites are here. Strife is here. Listen to this. James 3, 16. For where there is envying and strife, there is confusion in every evil work. This is why you don't want strife in your marriage. This is why you don't want strife in your home because you give it a foothold. This is what they thought. We'll turn our back on God. We'll worship God for just a little bit. Yeah, but they left the door open to strife and everything came in where, to the point where it affected what they ate. It affected their lives. And I'm telling you, my church family, the Midianites are here. Strife is here. But thank God we've got some God-given, destinied warriors that God has planted at such a time as this. Where are the warriors? I can tell you there's some right here today. There are some right here today that are making a stand for the kingdom of God. Can I tell you? I'm thankful for the warriors that got up at 7 o'clock this morning to make sure that we set up all this so we could come in and have church. Anybody thankful for those warriors? I'm thankful.
For the worship team who are warriors who on Thursday nights are putting aside their time and learning the songs. Aren't you blessed by the worship team? They did phenomenal today because, man, they're actively praising God. I'm thankful for the warriors in the kids today who are teaching your kids about the kingdom of God and how that they are a warrior. And they're not just going to be what society says they are. They're going to be who God says they are. Can I hear a good amen today? I'm thankful for the warriors that showed up early to greet and to usher today. Why? Because we have to wait the warrior within us. Here's what's crazy. Are you ready? And we're going to close. Gideon forgot his identity. And I hang along. I hang around a lot of people and a lot of Christians who are complaining. And like Gideon, in their complaining, they don't realize God's calling them. Hear me. Are you ready? Gideon was probably surprised that he was the guy he'd been praying for the Lord to send. What Gideon didn't realize is what he was looking for in other people, God had already placed in him. Gideon was asking God to send what he already was. And this is what we do. Oh, Lord, our country. Oh, Lord. And God, the angel, told Gideon, I'm sending you, 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 you. I'm sending you. Judges 7, 15. Get up. Everybody say this. Say, get up. Get up. The Lord has already given the Midianite camp into your hands. And you know what, my church family? Listen to this. God gave Gideon a supernatural victory. Watch this. If you don't know the story, all Gideon has to do was, number one, make himself available to God. Can you put some time in your schedule to help change the world? Or are you just going to use your time to complain? Because if you are, complainers are drainers. And I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're a complainer, I'm allergic to complainers. So if you're talking to me and complaining, I start to itch. Then you know why. Because I want to be around world changers. Anybody can complain. But it takes somebody, a man and woman, a warrior, that they realize their identity to get up. He had to make himself available. But here's the second thing. You know how you activate this warrior that God has called you to be? Is you activate it by your obedience. Here's the cool thing. My church family, Gideon didn't even have to fight. But he had to show up. See, we talk about God is fighting for us. That doesn't mean that we just sit back and do nothing. What does it mean? That we put our trust in him and listen, we do what he asks us to do. And here's what God did. It was so unconventional. He didn't say, get your swords and knife. He says, I want you to get some torches. I want you to get a jar and I want you to get a trumpet. A trumpet? I'm going to kill somebody with a trumpet? It makes absolutely no sense. And Gideon, man, I mean, he inspired, I think, 30,000 people. And all these men were waiting. And God says, no, no, no. If you all of these go, and that still even wasn't enough, because I think there was like 100,000, 200,000 Midianites. That still wasn't enough. But God said, look, if you have 30,000 men, you're going to think that you won the battle. I need to whittle that down to 300. Watch this. This is so amazing. So God has a plan, my church family. If we will just follow the plan, he told 
told them to divide up around the Midian camp at night. And this is what he said. He says, I need you to take the jars and I need you to break the jars. How many of you know that God uses broken vessels? See, you and I were broken at one time, but he can use somebody who's broken because he will heal them. I want you to break the the jar. I want you to raise the torch. How many of you know that God makes his ministers flames of fire? That's what he does. He makes ministers flames of fire. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to shout at the same time. I want you to blow that trumpet. How many of you know when we praise God, God inhabits the praises of his people. And when they followed God's plan, the strife, the Midianites turned on themselves and they all died. Gideon didn't even have to fight. He just had to obey. He just had to obey. Listen, my church family, listen. I rebuke you, devil, in Jesus' name. I want to close with this. There are other people on the side, on the other side of your obedience. That's why we can't wait we got to do what God is calling us to do. And God is calling you. Let me say this. I don't know who you look up to in the kingdom of God. I don't know who you listen to. If it's T.D. Jakes, if it's, I, I, I don't know, Joyce Meyer, you know, Jensen. I don't know who you feel like, you know, John Hagee, all of these. I don't know who you like to listen to who really gets you going. But can I encourage you today? T.D. Jakes is not coming to your construction site. God is going to use you. Listen, Joyce Meyer is not coming to hang out with you and your friends, ladies. No, he's sending you. Can I hear a good amen today? God is not going to send John Hagee to your Thanksgiving dinner. Is that too early? But he's not. Guess who he's sending? You. In your family, he's going to use you. Can I hear a good amen today? And so here we are, just like Gideon. We're waiting for God to send who we already are and what he has invested in us. But it's time for the warrior in you to stand up and make a difference. Can I hear a good amen today? Come on, would you stand and give the Lord a good round of applause if you received it? Say this with me. Say, the Lord is with me. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. Say, the Lord is with me. I want to make this clear, and we're going to pray. I'm not talking about being violent. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking on actually doing what God puts in your heart to do. That means if you're at work and somebody's hurting, you walk up and you say, can I pray for you? You know, when I've asked somebody that, no matter who they are, and not just because I'm a pastor, I've never had someone say, don't pray for me. I've always had people just say, yes, please. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that on the job, if God tells you to invite somebody to lunch, to talk with them, that you put your finances forward and you invite them to come over or you invite them to go out to eat. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when God puts a word on your heart for somebody that you share with somebody, that you love somebody, that you're speaking the word of God over somebody, but you're following the obedience of what God is telling you to do because that's how battles are won. I want you to close your eyes as we pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the warriors today. Father, that you are speaking over people's lives today. Father, I just come against every negative word, every negative word, Father God, 
that has been spoken over people's lives. Father, and I speak freedom and that they are released today. Father, change the image on the inside of us to know who we are, that we are called by God, that we are anointed by God, that we are not a wretch, that we are the sons and daughters of God, that we are the healed, we are not the sick, that we are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath in the name of Jesus. I speak life over your people and I pray to everybody watching that the warrior inside of them would be active, activated, Father. We thank you that you have given us all authority over the enemy, Father. And we say thank you, Father, that you have called us into the kingdom at such a time as this. And the enemy will not have our country in the name of Jesus because the warriors are awakening. And the warriors are realizing the power that you've given us. We are realizing who we are. We're realizing what we can do in the name of Jesus. I pray today, make your your, your ministers, flames of fire, stir people up today. We thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. If you receive that, will you just lift your hands up to heaven and say, I receive it. I receive your word. I receive your word over my life. Listen, you're not forgotten. God loves you. God accepts you today. We receive your word. Make us into who you say we are. Thank you, Father. We're not going to hide. Thank you, Father, for the power to be obedient today. I want to say this last prayer with every head bowed and every eye closed today. If you've never invited Jesus to come inside your heart, why not do it today? Don't wait seven months, seven years. Don't do that. You know what? Allow God today to come inside your heart. Forgive you of all your sins. Become a child of God. Allow God today to awaken the warrior within you. He wants to do that. And I'd like to say a prayer. And I'd like everybody to repeat this prayer, whether you've said it before. For those that are here and they're saying it for the first time, I don't want them to feel like they're alone. But I want to pray. Would you repeat after me? Let's all say this. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Father God, I repent of my sin today. Jesus, come inside my heart and make me who you want me to be. And I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord a good round of applause? Look at me. You are not who society says you are. You are who God says you are. You are not who your ex says you are. You are who God says you are. You are not what they say about you at work. You are what God says you are. And if God can use anyone, he can use me. Let's be used by God. We love you. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.